Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence. And Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of uh, Two Dudes in the Kitchen. My name is Wells Adams. I'm alongside... Tyler Florence. Tyler, I've known you for a couple years now. Yeah. Uh, our history goes way back to where you taught me how to cook. Exactly. Uh, so, so you were a contestant, a winner, as a matter of fact, That's on right. Worst Cooks in America, uh-huh. which you celebrity are, edition, celebrity edition, which you are no longer a member of the Worst Cooks in America. By the way, yeah, right? people always ask, like, so does that mean that you were the the best worst ever? Kind of, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. And and if I could give you a little, a little feedback, mm-hmm. I, your, your knife skills dra- dra- drastically improved as, as we went along, right? But I, I just love that show. I got a chance to co-host that with Amberell for about seven seasons, and uh, and you were one of our big standouts during the celebrity season and uh, the, the the finale came down to you and Johnny Bananas yeah uh, from MTV fame and uh, and you took home the prize my friend I know and like to this day I'm still a little hurt that it's like the way the show works is both Anne and you got to draft yes. your yes. players yeah and you didn't draft me and I really wanted to be on Tyler Florence you want to be on, on blue team I did I remember talking to my father who's yeah. like big into like you know, Food Network guy, and he was like, "You need to be on Tyler's team." Did Ann draft you first, though, bro? I think she got you. I, I can't remember how it laid out, but I think she got she snagged you first. Yeah, I think I was she a snagged you first. Recruit for yeah, sure. Right. I think I you think. were like number one draft pick. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Totally, it does make sense. But it was a lot of fun, um, and I ended up becoming like really good friends with Johnny Bananas from the show. Yep. And uh, I think eventually we need to have Johnny on this show. 
to like rehash the glory days without a me, question of me beating <clears throat> yeah without a question i we'll, we'll find some controversy in that someplace because yeah. I, I thought it was very close i thought both of you did an amazing job uh but uh you know he he i remember episode one which is what they call like the baseline challenge where we just said okay you bring your recipe yeah and then you know especially with like the celebrity uh version of the show like everybody kind of yucks it up a bit right but johnny really yucked it up oh, yeah. and to the point where i had to like pull him aside i'm like bro Ra- wrap it up, man. <laughs> well, he did, like, I remember he did right. Benny Hanna. Something. And he almost lit the place on fire. Yeah, something caught on fire. He <laughs> threw some water. There was a pineapple involved. That's camera what it was. But I was like, oh my God, this guy's on my team. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, but he just really, he, he he dug deep and you can tell he was a fierce competitor. Oh, yeah. And really listened and took everything to heart. And then once we got to, you know, the the close to the, like the final the final three on each side, we I knew who was going to the, the finale, right? And I could tell on your side too, the ant side, Amos, like really kind of pushing for you and you never really know because yeah. it kind of sometimes we get into splitting hairs once we have those few recruits uh, left in the program uh, but uh, that was a really really great season man I yeah. enjoyed that yeah well what I think is going to be cool about this show is it's going to be like kind of like recreating that where like you were teaching us how to like really cook and like become competent chefs or just like home cooks and I think that this is going to be great for all the people listening out there because you're going to be able to impart all that wisdom that I got on that show to the masses on uh, in the podcast world, which I think is super cool. I, and we cannot wait. Uh, you know, it, it's one of the, the great things about being a chef because I always feel like I'm never going to get kicked off the island. Yeah. Right. Like you never want to kick the chef off the island. Right. Because like who everyone wants to eat really, really well, um, especially when it comes to like Thanksgiving. Like, thank God for Thanksgiving, because it's that reset every single year where people um, uh, have they just, like amnesia because we covered all this last year yeah. and every year it's like hey how do you cook a turkey again and I'm like well I'm your guy let's go one more time and so you know uh, this is a, you know 26 years on the Food Network 17 cookbooks deep we're working on number 17 now wow and uh, and then you know three restaurants here in the Bay Area we're actually here at Miller and Lux our yeah. steakhouse it's in San Francisco beautiful by the way thank you very much I appreciate that and we're gonna uh, we got some steaks on the broiler right now yes yeah. we're yeah we're gonna be uh, snacking. Uh, a little bit later, some really good 45-day dredge tomahawks. Those are rolling out. Ooh. But uh, we just can't wait to share all kinds of fun information, right? So this is going to be an amazing journey for us to go on and uh, really kind of jump into, you know, cooking at a high level, cooking at a small level, uh, complex dishes, having a really good time talking about foodie pop culture yep. and and whatever is going on in the food world, right? I think we really, really can't wait to jump into this. And I can't wait to host this with you, my friend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm, I'm pumped because I think we're going to have, like, a fun... Um, turnstile of guests from like the top chefs in the world yep. on the show uh, to like the nerdy TikTok chef guys that are, you know, having millions of views on, you know, making ridiculous things, which I'm sure it annoys the hell out of you. Just how long until like um, the cream cheese and the Velveeta gets added to the TikTok. Exactly. Well, you know what? Like hosting Worst Cooks in America for seven seasons, yeah. I'm kind of immune to like seeing a lot of these disasters because I've seen some doozies. Uh, but I can't wait to jump into that because some of the stuff is actually kind of brilliant, yeah. right? And so I think when you kind of open up the kitchen to more people, you're going to get, you know, everybody with their own, not necessarily, I wouldn't call it 
I would call it more kitchen wisdom than I would call it like, you know, kitchen s- skills, right? Because yeah. everybody has their own little take on kind of what they do. And sometimes those small little like innovations, right? Where somebody just does something slightly different sets the world on fire. And I get a little FOMO-y jealous like when somebody has a, you know, a baked uh, feta cheese with tomatoes mm-hmm. and that turns into like the world's greatest pasta dish that everybody's doing. Like, why didn't I come up with that yeah. one? Uh, but uh, we can't wait to jump on that stuff because it, it, it seems that they, the new idea roll out every day yeah and then we'll also be taking uh calls from listeners who want to know stuff about you know, certain recipes or like must-haves in the kitchen and stuff and which i think you're going to be great at answering all those questions and um it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be so much fun so we're, we're looking forward to you know having everybody you know come and jump into the kitchen with us the two dudes and yeah. I think this is going to be uh, uh, one of the greatest podcasts out there. Uh, Miller and Lux is opening two new restaurants. We're opening one in Hawaii. And also, and love to have you out for that if you want to come bounce. It's not a bad gig. Does iHeart pay for me to go to Hawaii? <laughs> oh. I, heard, I heard yes. I heard, I heard yes, She too. said no, but her heart said yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, but we're also in Ville, Colorado. You ski? Yeah. Yeah, great. So we'll, we're going to be um, out there all, you know, all uh, ski season for sure. So we'll, we'll be out there until April. Uh, but what it, a charmed it, life you got, kid. It ain't bad, You're, man. Oh, it ain't, it ain't I got to go to Hawaii and then I got to go to... What's next? Like um, Martha's Vineyard? Dude, if, if I if I, I so we like to tell people Rome, we like Paris maybe, but we like to tell people what we're doing, not what we're cooking up, because sometimes yeah. it takes a while to simmer. Uh, but uh, we have so many really really wonderful things, including being here at the Chase Center, home of the seven time world champion Golden State Warriors, and we're overlooking the the beautiful San Francisco Bay. It's a gorgeous day, uh, is, you know, some good puffy autumn clouds in the sky going by. We got this really kind of gorgeous uh, waterfront view here, and uh, we just want to be the best steakhouse in the city, San Francisco. So I think we're doing. That right now, technically, we're the highest rated okay. uh, steakhouse. Uh, if you look up like uh, you know like stars and that kind of stuff, with like Google and and uh, how do you feel and, about Yelp reviews? You know, I I, I think they're they're not as they're not as um, they're not as like nasty as they used to be. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't know what is um, uh, taking over uh, fr- for that from that is Google because that's really your first stop. Like if you just Google search yeah. my restaurant, Google and cuz they they partnered um um God, I can't remember the name of the company, but they they acquired a, a company a couple of years ago. And and so now that there's there's a profile of the restaurant with a star system that they kind of created themselves. And also what's really interesting about that is you can you can uh text a request either for a reservation or you know dietary needs or you know or to change your reservation and that literally goes straight to my phone yeah um so it's so high tech and so interesting that i i think it's sort of like rendered yelp sort of useless because now it's like one more step to go find that review yeah um and so it and, it, and it's but but you still have to you know walk the walk and talk the talk every day the people are still honest with you right and 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 occasionally will you know it's hard about a thousand every day we really try uh but occasionally you'll get something like good you know uh, uh, good feedback from people and we always we read every single one we reply to every single one good or bad and uh, and we just try to make sure that we're you know we, we, t- we take those opportunities and we use them as really good lessons to tighten everything up yeah right because occasionally you know like you know a server will have a bad day or the cook misfires the steak and it's just because it's such an organic thing to run a restaurant that uh, you know God forbid that happens we'll use that as an opportunity to analyze the impacts 
of of what you know not realizing your game's not on today and what that means to the restaurant right so we we uh we take our good days and our bad days and we treat them equally with the same amount of reverence because i think there's learning across the board and uh it's just a really wonderful time just to grow right so it's real bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know if you saw in the news um, that James Corden got 86 from Balthazar. Uh, So I just want to know, have you ever 86 to celebrity in uh, one of your restaurants? Um, I've definitely kicked people out. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've definitely kicked people out. Right. And, and, And gosh, I don't even know if I want to tell this story. Okay, so so all right, uh, names uh, hidden to protect the innocent, okay. right? But they're 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 sort of a close personal friend. They came in with another friend. It was just two of them for dinner one night, right? <clears throat> and she had a little too much to drink. Uh-huh. And then when you come to the restaurant, it's a silly good time, right? It's like we have table slides, Caesar salads, and and I did it personally. And and then and then and the, there was like she had a little too much to drink, and she ended up like flipping the night and insulting our one of our servers, and then the captain. And and then the then the manager on the floor at the restaurant, and then she became a little belligerent, and she's a close close personal friend, and I, ha- I had to ask her to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 I'm like, well, we can wrap this up. Are you okay? And she was just like, this is not going well. I'm like, what are you talking oh, no. about? What is your ninth drink not delicious? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Is your ninth drink not yummy as your first one, right? And and so I was like, we can wrap this up right now if you want to. Just I can call you a car. As a matter of fact, can I call you a car? Like here's your yeah, checks on us. Uh, let's just let's just kind of wrap this up. So we, we that, that's happened occasionally. Um, and, and we we've had we've had situations where you know because you're running restaurants forever, like some people kind of lose their ambitions, right? Or you know maybe their their meds and their fifth martini don't really kind of like mm-hmm. see eye to eye. And and shit gets crazy, and and so like some sometimes we've had we've had to call the cops occasionally to kind of pry people out of here, but but for the most part, like we are in the entertainment industry, right? And so we we, we want to be that place where you can celebrate and have a really good time here at the restaurant. So so we we let people just you know there's a pretty far limit as mm-hmm. far as what that would turn into before we'd ever ask anybody to leave. But, but Keith McNally, who owns uh, uh, Balthazar yeah. is a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And we were actually texting about the James Corden situation yeah. and he, he has no chill. He's a savage <laughs> yeah. on Instagram and he will just let somebody have it because like he owns, I mean, like uh, I, I think, I think Balthazar is like $35 million a year. He, he has no more F's to give. And you know what I mean? And he'll just like, he just, he'll just house anybody. And I think that's kind of like freeing for him in a way. And so when the James Corden thing came in, because like sometimes, and, and so, and he always kind of backs it up. He's really good with, with, you know, if, if he does call somebody out. So apparently, so if, if anybody didn't get a chance to follow the story, James Corden, and I don't even, I feel like we're talking shit at this point, but like, but so James Corden went to Balthazar, um, an amazing restaurant in Soho, in Manhattan, on Spring Street. If you know it, you know it, legendary restaurant. Every time I go to New York, I have to go, kiss the ring and, and go eat there because I think it's the epicenter of social style in New York City right and so and, and every time you go in there's there's movie stars and New York you know socialites and you know like like literary giants and like everybody's in there all at the same time so James Corden was in New York City and he rolls in with, with a team of people and, and apparently he was kind of snappy about cocktails and said something 
to to the server and then you know I, I don't know all the details and what it was but apparently he was quite rude about it yeah and then if you really want to upset keith mcnally be rude to his staff yeah right be rude to his staff and i always think that that to me like if, if you want to wrap up our friendship tight let's go out to dinner and then and then you you act uh, with like an ungracious manner to a service service person right you're dead to me right yeah. that's it right like we're, we're not friends we'll never be friends again because i just think it's kind of one of those things that like whatever that is in that drink or on that plate that server had nothing to do with it right and then and then also just check yourself right it's just dinner right yeah. calm down right calm down if it's not medium rare plus you know what i mean especially if you're james corden shut your cake hole man you know what i mean Shut your cake hole and just sit back and enjoy it, right? And so, but but this is but the interesting thing about Keith McNally, like like you, you get on his bad side, he'll put you on blast fast, yeah. And so that's exactly what happened. But but it it sounds like they 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 hugged and made up at least on social media anyway. Yeah, who knows? But who knows? I, I was a waiter and a bartender in my previous life, and yeah, there's nothing worse than someone who is rude to a waiter. Uh, like at a like at a, on a date or something. Yeah, you see that, you're like Jesus Christ, get the, get away from me. And and what about people that are rude in like fast casual fast food restaurants, right? So my dad is rude uh, to to waiters. I have to be honest with you. And so many times I've been like, you can't be rude um, when I'm at dinner with you because now. Yeah. Now I'm guilty by proxy. Like my food yeah. is also in play for like the waiter to spit in. So yeah. like just because, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, like I, I, yeah. I don't want to get your bad mood stink is now on me. That's what I mean. I can't, right, I can't right, handle right. that, Dad. Right. Uh, right. So he's gotten a lot better. Um, but anyways, I'm so excited to do this show. Yeah. So going back to like the person you had at 86 out of here, uh, or like the James Gordon Balthazar situation. What is the best way to send something back in a restaurant in your mind? Yeah. So your money is valuable. And if it's not exactly what you wanted, you should send it back, right? But I, I think there's a real kind way to do that. Listen, if it's terrible, I I think you just literally putting your fork upside down and then almost like airplane style, just kind of putting your napkin next to it or kind of pushing it forward. That sends a very, very clear signal to the service staff that like something's not going right, right? Without having to like wave your arms and flag and like, because you, you don't really want to ruin everybody else's dinner, yeah, right? Because if your dish is like, oh my God, this is like the muscles are off, right? Or, or the pasta is too al dente or whatever the storyline is, right? Like if you just like, you know, just take your napkin from your lap, fold it, you know, it, no, don't wad it, but some, not too far away from that either. And just put it next to your plate and then push it forward a little bit, right? And then turn your body language to your guests as if you and you don't even want to eat it. And just, and just wait for the waiter to walk by and see what's going on, right? And then so that'll be a, 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 a good way to break the ice and say, listen, I, I, I think the muscles weren't particularly fresh today or it was a little overcooked or whatever it was, right? And then, then if, if, if they were a great restaurant and we work on these kind of things all the time, all right, I'm looking for our general manager, Chris Brown. These, the, we, we work on these moments where we want to pick up on that with a high sense of awareness that things aren't going right for you mm -hmm. and our facility, right? So I think those moments are really, really valuable uh, to close it quick. The last thing you ever wanna do is to not pick up on those moments and let that person walk out of here, right? Because if they walk out of here, where are they gonna go? They're gonna go to Yelp, they're gonna go to Google, and they're gonna take 25 minutes, right? And then type up something that's probably a little unpleasant to read. But if we can pick up on that quickly to realize like, wow, they've, you know, we dropped their, their entrees, you know, seven minutes ago, and the guy hasn't even touched it yet. 
we missed the ball on that one, right? And we got to pick it up quick, right? Um, but uh, I, I, I think, you know, just pushing the plate forward a little bit is a really clear signal to the waiter that something's not going right with you without having sort of this meltdown dramatic moment that's going to ruin everybody else's dinner at the table. And that's what you want to do because you want to be a polite guest at dinner, right? But then also you want to get your money's worth, right? And and so like the, I, I think the, the, the adult professional thing to do on your end, right? Because it's a two-way street. You're in the restaurant, right? Is to just not make a big deal about it. Right. It's just don't make a big deal about it. And even if you hate it, even if you, that inner voice that says, I'll never come back here again, keep it to yourself. Right. Yeah. And just don't go back. You know what I mean? Like that, that's your ultimate weapon is just not go back. But just don't don't blow up and, and make a big dramatic moment because ain't nobody got time for that. Well, when I was a waiter, the thing that annoyed me the most is when someone would come in and order a steak um, well done and then complain it for it being dry. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know what you expect it to you expect it to be juicy and well done at the same time it makes no sense. So so we counteract with that. So our burger for example, right? So it, it's a it's a 75-25 fat to lean ratio where most burgers if you get a commercial grade burger it's like 80-20. Yeah. Uh, lean to fat, right? So it has less fat in it, right? So our but ours has more fat. So if you like it a little on the medium well side, it's still juicy and we still win, right? Yeah. So we we make sure that we we kind of like pad that those situations, but but if somebody walks in and they order a well done steak, love it. Right, it'll be the best well done steak you ever had because you can cook something through without turning it into a hockey puck. Yeah, right. And and that's kind of what we do here at the restaurant to make sure that we love all, we serve all. If you like it medium well, no, I do too. Let's let's go. And and so I I think there's ways to do that without ruining it for sure. Yeah. What in your mind separates uh, like a good cook from a bad cook? I think just keeping the counters clean, right? Yeah. I mean, remember in Worst Cooks in America? Yeah. Right? I mean, that. so Anne always Mise harped. Mise en place, right? Mise en place. Anne always harped on making sure that you hold the knife like a pro and not like a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. With your finger out. Yeah. Did you ever get the marker on your, yes, red I marker did. on your finger? Yeah. yeah. And you'd never do it again, yeah, right? Of course not. So on my side, it was keep your counters clean, right? Yeah. And that was always the thing that I really kind of harped on because like, you can always tell a messy cook when they when they just kind of like let the counters just erupt yeah. with stuff everywhere. And if you've got a messy counter, you can't really see everything. And then and then, and and that's where the mise en place method takes over of everything in its place. That's what that translates to. Mm-hmm. It's just organization, right? So I I think the difference between uh, regardless if they're a, a capable competent cook they could be a good beginner cook but i think organization and and keeping the counters clean and organized is a sign of like you're here to do it right and not just sort of like throw stuff around and make a mess is there a big difference between a chef and a baker in your mind oh my god yeah man because like i love to cook yeah i hate to bake sure my wife loves to bake hates to cook and I think it has to do with like and, to, and together they're, they're, they were it was murder <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we're perfect together but like I think that baking is so like very specific like yeah. it's exact measurements whereas cooking I think in my mind is more of like tasting and augmenting and yeah. uh, pulling audibles and stuff yeah. what do you think well, it's it's like you know, there's there's the 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 jazz of cooking, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the there's the the classical music of of uh, bacon and pastry, where things are just sort of 
super precise, right? Yeah. And and so I'm much more of a jazz musician. Yeah. I like to sort of wing it and and you know and sort of kind of go with what's happening. And I can counter react when I cook and you know and turn the heat up and turn the heat down and taste it and add a little lemon juice and some salt and and you know pull it off as if it's really ready or 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 decide the last minute I want chives versus chervil as a garnish on top. But but um, with with pastry specifically because like it's kind of a one and done thing. You need, there's a level of R and D that kind of comes along with that and. We're about to have a steak, my friend. We're yeah. about to have the jazziest steak you've ever had in your entire life. So this is our 45-day dry age uh, tomahawk from our partner in South Dakota. Um, I think this is the best steak in America, right? Wow. So we've been working on this for about... Sorry, we're, we're pivoting just because steaks are, are rolling That's up as, as we're chit-chatting about this, right? So uh, we've been working on our dry age program for about two and a half years, right? So this is, uh, is grass-fed grain finish and finished on barley um which is what we call california corn and uh and so uh the it, which I, it has a it's a lower glycemic index so it's actually healthier for the cows and actually better for the environment because it's less emissions but the marbling is spectacular the flavor is really really incredible so uh so uh, uh chris brown our general manager just dropped a spectacular uh steak in front of us and then also we have our cream kale which is kind of like cream spinach but with kale it's kind of yummy and then also our potato puree and then uh sauces galore my friend we have green peppercorn bordelaise uh whipped horseradish creme fraiche what else you want man bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. It was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? 
So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I do want to ask because I want to know for myself sure. about the dry aging thing. So this is a dry age tomahawk. I, you hear that a lot at steakhouses. Yeah. So in my, this is what I think dry aging is. I could be totally wrong. I'm going to put some on your plate where you ask do me it. a question. Uh, in my mind, it's like hung up in a temperature-controlled room yep. for like a month or something. 40, and yeah, 45 days, yeah. And so what does that do? I don't... How does it not go bad and get rot and all that kind of stuff? Well, there's... It's it's uh, it's it's climate controlled, right? So first of all, there's a difference between mold and bacteria, right? So bacteria is bad. Mold is good, right? So mold is what makes cheese taste delicious. Mold is what makes camembert taste delicious. Mold is what makes brie taste really incredible. Oh my God. I just took a bite of this. <laughs> Can we sit with this for a moment? Can we just have a moment? A moment in silence? I don't know if I'm out of class, but that's really good. You want to put some sauce on that? I don't think it needs any sauce, but... Have a little donkey do, bro. Which sauce do I go with? Have a little donkey do, man. Okay. So this is green peppercorn board lace. We're, gonna have a, we're just going to have a moment to celebrate Wells' steak. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to slow jam this like Barry White. I'm going to talk really slowly into the microphone. As thank, Wells thank dips this 45-day dry aged tomahawk slice slowly into the board lace, and then it goes into... Mm. Right? And now he's just going to yum it up. Yum it up, my friend. Wow. Isn't that good? Yeah, but now I want to try the middle one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so it's Bordelaise, green peppercorn Bordelaise. I think those might be two uh, uh, kind of similar from a, a taste experience, but I think they're going to be really good. But uh, we just love to do this, right? So so what, anyway, what are we talking about? Dry, dry age, right? So so dry aging, right, is, is the is the act of introducing um, a, oh. uh, right? Oh, good. So good. So dry aging is the, is the act of introducing kind of, and I'm going to say this, I don't mean this, but this is exactly what it is, but controlled spoilage, right? So, so when, when, um, when you, you, you pull the moisture out of this, right? So this is what happens. So it loses about 25% of the moisture weight, water weight, right? Through the dehydration process, right? So it goes into a climate controlled room that's, um, about 40, 42 degrees, 55% humidity with a heavy fan. And it just blows and circulates that, right? So because of the 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 the, the air convection in the room, right? Um, um, the, the, what's going to happen is we're we're going to take these natural spores 
they kind of develop that makes blue cheese taste delicious, that makes camembert taste delicious, that makes charcuterie and salumi taste delicious, right? And the same magical thing happens to, from a flavor perspective on the outside of, of, of dried meat, right? Did you say salumi? Am I saying salami wrong? Tomato, tomato, brother. Okay. You know what I mean? Right? Pinky's out. Okay. Salumi, right? Tomato, tomato. Whatever. Two dudes in the kitchen. You can say whatever you want to say, man. One dude just eating over here. You eat up. So, so okay, so there's, because a couple things happen. There's three really, really big things happen. Uh, it loses about 25% of water weight, right? And when you're cooking, water is always your arch enemy, right? So when you're sauteing something and you see a plume of steam come out, that water escaping right, is allowing a concentration of flavor that's happening in your saute pan, and that's good. That translates to, to, to dry aging really, really well, because if you take the water weight out of it, it's a difference between having a flabby steak from the grocery store, no disrespect, the steaks are okay, but I want to, right now, I want to ruin you for steaks, yeah. right? So, so, and the next time you have a steak from the grocery store, it'll feel like really wet in the mouth, and that's very kind of flabby, and that's just water weight, right? But if you take the water weight out of it at a certain percentage, um, you have a tighter density between the, the, the fat, the intramuscular fat development, and the protein, right? Bang, bang on, dude, right? Look at you, mm. look at you, that man. Horse, it's like a horseradish butter? Yep. Holy shit. You having a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that, that that's it. So the water weight, right? So you get you ultimately you're gonna, you're going to pull out some of the water weight. And you're going to have a tighter density between the 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 intramuscular fat development and the and the and the lean muscle mass of protein, right? Which is going to which is going to melt and it's going to have like unctuousness versus water water wetness, right? That's the other thing. Now also on the inside because like the the um, mold mic- microbes that are happening, right? Uh, it's it's a little like microbiome. It's kind of happening on the inside of a dry aging room, right? So the the it, it's actually starting to break the 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 meat down itself, which makes it more tender, right? On on a on a um, on a on a microbiotic level, right? And so so it, it's it's like this kind of interesting science project that's happening in a very very controlled fashion that gives you a slightly smaller steak but a way better steak um, and the fact that we kind of like uh, uh, design this these are custom cut couture you can't get the steak anywhere else in the world but my restaurants right and so because of the the grain finishing um, we, we have you know just one of one and I, I think that and we eat steaks all over the place I'm almost on a steak a day diet to be honest with you and I haven't tasted Anything that comes remotely uh, as as close to what we're doing here with with the with the steak program, so I think I'm really really happy with it. Ultimately, in the dry aging process, you get um, a much much more refined product. Okay, right. So it, it's kind of an interesting thing to kind of go watch. It takes our, our uh, 38 days is a good number. Magic happens at 45, right? Um, but uh, I I think it's just one of the world's greatest steaks. I'm very happy with it. For the listeners out there that can't come. To Miller and Lux to have this amazing tomahawk steak. Well, my question is, why not? Well, that's uh, yeah. Hawaii, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, Vale, we got you. We got you, babe. You know, uh, California, come we on, got up. you. Yeah. Um, but if you are like going out to find a steak, yeah, at the grocery store, um, what are some of like your tips for getting like the best steak for the home cook? Yeah, get a thicker steak, right? So if you take a look at it, if it's if it's thin, it's probably going to overcook quickly, right? If you get a thicker steak, that's probably an inch. You're you're going to have a little more playroom to kind of cook it and get it right. Um, and and make sure you get like like flank steak. Technically, is beef, but it's not a New York strip. It's not a fillet, right? I like skirt over flank. I like uh, ribeye over New York. Filet is a really good crowd pleaser. We just did filet last night for an event. 
Um, but you want to make sure you get a thicker cut. It's going to give you a little more playroom if you're going to cook it. No, no. I, I think what will give you um, um, pretty miraculous uh, outcome from a technique standpoint is just by simply drying it off. So if you take a steak out of the package, right, because it's, it's kind of wrapped up in cellophane and there's a little bit of tacky moisture on top of it, you just take a paper towel, pat it as dry as you can possibly get it. Also, the next thing is to let it temper, right? So, so instead of cooking a steak that's refrigerator cold, right, into a screaming hot pan, leave it out on the counter for half an hour, right, and let it slowly kind of come up to temperature. It's, uh, it's going to cook a little more evenly. It's going to cook quicker, right? And, and you're going to get a better browning um, with, with the, the, the even temperature. And, and uh, patting the moisture off on the outside of the steak will give you a really, really nice crust. So I think those are really, also the next thing, which I think is really kind of important, and not a lot of people know this, like, like I don't put pepper on steaks before I cook it because pepper burns, right? So I put pepper on at the end, salt for sure, um, but never pepper because it just becomes sort of really sharp and, and almost bitter. Um, but, but I think if you dry age, if you take a, a steak, pat it dry, a really nice hot pan, let it temper first for a couple of minutes and get a really good sear on it. And then the other, the next thing is like just temperature. Like, do you like it medium rare? Do you like it medium well? I like using an instant read thermometer. Yeah. Right. They cost 15, 20 bucks. You get them on Amazon. And then in that way, um, you, you're never that guy who has to cut into a steak to see if it's cooked enough. Right. You can actually use uh, a, a probe and see what the temperature is like on the inside. So and, if, yeah, this, is a, this is a good question for me because I want to know this, but yeah. for everyone else out there. So I like my steaks medium rare. So that's around um, like one hundred and. 35 that's that's a little on the high side that's okay. like pushing medium if not but yeah because 140 is like medium well so i i think you're like 125 127 okay but so right? you need to take that steak off at like 125 125 yeah. then it comes up because it's continuing to cook even though it's not in the pan yeah it's hot right yeah, so is the good. rule of thumb like seven degrees below what you normally like I don't know. I don't know if it gets to see. This is the jazz musician yeah, in me, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I guess so, right? Uh, but uh, it's, I, I think if you if you if you cook a steak to an internal temperature of 125 and take it off and let it rest, you're going to be dead on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. I hate to do this, but I need to eat this. So all good things must come to an we end. We need friend. to stop for a second sure. and uh, eat this amazing tomahawk steak. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we could do like another 45 minutes on steak in like another episode. And we can pick this up anytime. I yeah. mean, it, this is the great thing about, you know, like cooking for a living. All this stuff is just wildly interesting to everybody all the time. Yeah. Um, all right. This is the beginning. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to help everyone cook Thanksgiving dinner. I am I am so happy about this. This is my freaking Super Bowl. We're going to save Let's Thanksgiving. Rock. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to cook turkey? I am your guy. You are in the right place. All right. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have some fun. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 